This is Filming the Supernatural. All right, we are back with part two of my discussion with Kendall and Vera Welpton. We already learned about their backgrounds, who they are, so we can dive right into The House in Between. The House in Between is a two-part documentary that bridges the paranormal, real science, and the human experience to give a detailed look of what could be the most haunted house in America. The house is owned by a woman named Alice, and if you haven't seen the two-part documentary The House in Between, I highly recommend you do. With that, let's continue my conversation. We're picking up with some of the unique challenges that the paranormal genre itself provides. How does that impact the production when you don't really know what's going to happen next? It is a huge responsibility, a huge responsibility. It's a huge because gamble. It is a huge risk and gamble, yes. But you and I, from day one, we talked about this. And mm-hmm. before we went to location and we said, you know, you know, A can happen, B can happen, or C can happen. And we have to be okay with it. And our or, job, or D can happen, and we just have to be able to go with that. Because that's happened before, too, where you go into a location and... I mean, there's different everything options. But and, and, everything, ha- you know, everything yeah. but that happens. And... And I think that's that's with any documentary when you're following a story. Um, I mean, you have to be prepared for for anything. Mm-hmm. And yes, do we do we want something fantastic happen? Of course, but we were we prepared. Don't it, we weren't expected yeah. it, and we were prepared for not. We actually prepared ourselves. Like, let's be realistic. The chances that that something's gonna happen are very low. Yeah. So we just gotta focus on the story. We gotta focus on basically. You know what's happening there. We're just documenting their experience in um that's it. And and telling their story. You know, we house in between well part one. Yeah, part yeah. one, we went in and you know, is all about Alice's story and telling Alice's story and the backstory of um John and Brad and their involvement in the house. Mm-hmm. So if paranormal activity didn't happen while we we're filming, that was gonna be okay. Cause yeah. we had, you know, they had collected uh evidence for you know. 10, for many years, for decade, the, the found years, footage so. is what made made it okay for us. You know, they had enough found footage. I mean, footage that that they for us were to able use, to that we were okay. use. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, going into these projects, like that, the active activity happening for us, you know, here at Robot Ninja, um, if if activity happens, that's great. That's a bonus for us. You know, we really rely on many different things going into these you know, documentaries of telling people stories and, and making that the focus and, and, you know, some of, some of the, the activities that are happening. And, and if, especially if somebody like the house in between, you know, uh, John and Brad are documenting the house for so long, telling, telling that story with some of their footage is, is, uh, you know, our, our focus. So. But it is scary because I, I mean, this two times that we went stuff did happen on both in part one and part two. Even part two, we were like, ah, oh. we were nervous because, you know, how many part twos really, you know, do as well? And we were nervous and we were ready. You know, this part two might not be as accepted as mine. Yeah. Might not be as popular as the first one. You know, I, I you know, we're going to have to really rely on our interviews and the story and people coming in and trying to comfort Alice because that was the main goal. We have to comfort Alice. We have to let her know that she's not alone going through this. And that she should claim her house back. And also the, the you know, after part one, it just so much stuff fell on her desk 
with more information about the house and things oh, were still yeah. happening and you know stuff was still being documented alice wasn't in the house and it's just like yeah, give it, 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 it's like we couldn't just leave alice like that yeah, you know yeah. it just i know Especially steve, steve. And I, steve yeah it was yeah yeah steve took it very very personal. yeah so it was like it, it was kind of inevitable to do a part two for the house in between um because you know the story wasn't finished there but going back to his question yes uh as filmmakers it's a huge responsibility you have to be prepared especially in this genre pivot because it's yeah. so unpredictable. the art of pivoting you, yeah yeah there there it is that i mean you have to be able to i don't know i often tell kendall you know sometimes you go up in the fridge and there's not a lot of food you gotta be creative and come up with whatever you have in there you know to, to come out with a meal that's how i see production a lot oh like every single guest i think has made some sort of food metaphor on i podcast. use it all the time <laughs> you always, i always use food analogy it's it's a recurring theme <laughs> I, crazy I love it no but i, I like it i like it that's a really good metaphor <laughs> but it is it is i mean you have it's to very work true. with what yeah, you got really <laughs> And sometimes it surprises you. Sometimes you it come does, up yeah. with a really nice, tasty meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, uh, part two was released not too long after part one. So how did you know when to stop for that initial house in between? Especially since the story was essentially unresolved uh, at the end of it. How do you know when you have your story? Part one was quite the process. Part one was a three-year in the making, uh, we we had to kind of sit on um, the story. We were trying to figure out our format and figure out like who the driving force was. What is you know just the el- the intricate elements of the film? It, it got cut so many different ways. The first yeah, the first uh, house in between. It, it you know it, it was nowhere near what it was when we were diving into it. Um, we had to go back for pickups. Yeah, we did. We B-roll. went back, we, B-roll, we, we need more stuff. B-roll. Yeah, it, you kind of figure it out as you go. Um, but after part one, like I was saying earlier, you know, it just felt unsettled because of, um, you know, I know Steve Bear and I, we were just like, man, I wish we would have gotten Alice back in the house. You know, that was our mission. And, you know, we did a good job at like getting in there and kind of seeing what's going on and, and everything. But we you know, we, we didn't really accomplish our, our real goal there, which was to help Alice with, with her house. And I, I know that weighed heavily on Steve and, and us over here. And, and so part two, you know, we really didn't think about it. It wasn't even on the radar after part one. Uh, Vera and I um, actually did another doc after that and, um, and two, shot. We filmed, and, we filmed yeah, two we, locations. Yeah, we filmed that. two locations after that one. And, um, you know, it's uh, just it just it just needed to happen the fan you know the the fans and the supporters of, they of the film they asked for them. more they wanted more to the story and it's hard you can't ignore that i mean uh, it, it's you know we do these for for our our, our friends and our family and our, our, our community and our audience and you know if they're asking for it well we got to we got to do it because we were scared I mean, it is. It's not something it's you like do in we, a documentary. We really thought, well, now we're really not going to experience anything. I mean, we already, I felt like we felt like we had a hard, <laughs> well, yeah, card the ending and, of part one. How do you talk? Like, uh, yeah, you how know, do you it's talk like, that? it's like, man, we, 
they gave it to us. Like the house gave it to us and, you know, we're going to have to just go in and, 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 you know, hit it at a different angle here for a part two. And, you know, uh, Steve Vera and I got on the phone and we started doing our meetings for pre-production and, you know, it started crafting itself very fast and very good right away. And I, and I remember being like, dang, this is going to be good. Like, all the stuff we wanted to do in part one that we didn't have the time for the, you know, the resources or the, the knowing people. I mean, we try to get so many scientists in there and they all said no and slammed the doors in our face. And finally we got, you know, Steve got, got a, 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 geophysicist. Geo, a geophysicist involved. It's like, okay, this is going to be good, you know? So, so it started like kind of making itself right away. It was like happening. It just, yeah. like, it's really fascinating. It's just like, it just flows. Like how... it, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just flows. Yeah. It's neat to see, yeah, projects, some projects, you know, they, they flow easier than others. And, yeah. you know, this part two just, it just flowed and, and it just, it, it made sense to make and, and it was fun making and, and, you know, we, we really got to dig deeper and, and, you know. And I love seeing Alice, like you see how, you know, when you remember meeting Alice for the first time, how nervous she was mm -hmm. and guarded. Yeah. Very guarded yeah. and yeah. very friendly, but guarded. Just mm -hmm. still very like, you know, just but you didn't know us and well, it's kind of it's you got this and it's been year filming, after year cameras after in your face. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. intimidating. She wasn't you know? sure where everything was gonna go, and uh, and now it's just like I'll do whatever, you know. She's like yeah, she's you know she was hands on. Oh my gosh, it was just so good to see her more. Um, well, plus we brought and, we you know. Alice, when we went there first uh, for House in Between One, you know, the, the town was a little unsure about Alice's house and, you know, some of the stories coming out of there. She was looked at, she was, you know, not looked down upon, but it was very just overshadowed with like, you know, I hate to say like, oh, that lady's like, oh, over there in the haunted house. Right. You know what I mean? It was almost like the town and, and especially the house was a character yeah. itself. Yeah. We were able to capture the whole kind of feel of the house. I feel like we did a really good job at at telling the personality of the house and the house's story, really. I mean, it is a character. You're right. You know, during the day, it's it's bright and cheery. And that was something, you know, filming it, we really wanted to to kind of show the transformation of it, go from, you know, this bright, beautiful, like, house that has, like, the birds chirping to, like, at night you know, it just, ha it takes on this whole other kind of feel, Eerie, you know, just, it just kind of has that. But I mean, it's not only, it's not only at night, sometimes it's during the day as well. When the things happen during the day, it's not as creepy because well, it is well, day, yeah. but yeah. But it, yeah. They would always feel safe, I think. The night, like <laughs> there is no day or night for activity in the house it, no, it, it just happens whenever when the wall moved just it was, wants it was to, yeah. plain daylight but like the look of the house is it takes a different look at night especially in the backyard i did a lot of stuff a lot of time lapses and uh and um uh steady cam stuff out back you know a lot of b-roll and i'm out there by myself doing this stuff and you know it I feel like I don't get creeped out anymore, you know, doing this stuff. But every once in a while, I'll just get that, like, 
eh, there's something behind me kind of feel, you know what I mean? And, uh, and I, I kind of felt that this last time around out in that backyard, it was maybe because we, you know, we did, we focused on it so much, so it might've been in my brain, but. No, that's interesting. You said that because sometimes you and I are working. I remember in Georgia, it was just you and I alone out there and we were fine. And I don't know where you and I look at each other at the same time as you, basically you and I felt something at the same time, like something just changed. And it's like that feeling of being watched. And we thought it could have been a wild animal. So we immediately left the location, yeah. but we assume hopefully it was a wild animal. Yeah. <laughs> but you felt you know, eyeballs on you. you I don't know. I don't know how to explain sense. that. Yeah. And you and I felt that at the same time without even saying anything. Yeah. You guys also have all your creepy stuff happening in the South. Georgia, this place in Mississippi, the New Orleans (laughs) story. You guys should never leave the Southern Hemisphere of the United States. (laughs) (laughs) That's a jam right now, but you never know. Yeah, You never know. I wanted to touch on some of the stylistic differences between your films, like The House in Between, and some previous work, uh, television, whatnot, um, especially in terms of infrared. Or rather, in the case of The House in Between, your decision not to use infrared. I don't like doing these documentaries in IR. Um, I like the cinematic look of of uh, just, you know, low light and, and minimal light, which yeah. is super challenging. So you have to gear your camera up for which is going to be good. And, and you don't like it grainy, so... Yeah, so- <laughs> This is uh, another recurring theme. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I, I don't like using yeah. infrared for cinematic projects. <laughs> <laughs> well, each project is different to its own and it has its own style. So, like, I'm not totally against IR, but, like, our last few projects, I really wanted to um, shoot color in the dark and have it look cinematic. So that's a tough thing to do. IR is easy. You can just flip on your IR light and go and it's it's much needed in paranormal investigation and paranormal you know documentary especially on these shows you don't have time to light you know and 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 ir is just a a great thing plus you know ir was like ghost hunters you know it's like that green look you see that and it's like oh that's ghost hunters you know so that's like that's like their their look and you know that's that's like their their thing so you know for us we want to do our own thing we want to shoot color we want to look at cinematic you know uh it's hard to do you got to plan it out if i know that we're going to be in the living room then we're going to go downstairs uh i'll put you know i'll put i'll put a light outside and blast it through the window um and then i'm set but that on camera light um saves your butt a lot you know so uh and in doing the even amount so you're not blasting the person's eyes you know, blinding them so they can't see the stuff in the dark. I think those are, there's a lot more challenges that come with the shooting in color um, from the IR. I know um, a lot of investigators probably don't like to be shot in color because of that. You can't see in the dark so well, but I think the benefits of it looking cinematically, um, you know, are, are. Well, and also we, we want it to feel real. That's the other thing, the emotion on your face. I think, when you're, when you see that IR, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a stylistic preference, I think, but um, I feel like there's a barrier. I don't know. I feel like when I see a color shot to an IR shot, I feel like the the color just 
pulls you in a little more. There's somewhat of a disconnect, right? Because yeah, in, in color, that's how we see when when you show through infrared. That's not quite how it's portrayed. Yeah, we see emotion. Like, you know, it's interpreted a bit different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So achieving that look is way harder, but I feel like it always. You know, it's just the benefits are 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 better. I I, I just like how it looks and. It feels more creepy. Like the shadows look real. You know, the IR blasts away those shadows a lot. And like, I love the shadows, you know, I love the look of, you don't know what's around the next corner, you know? And, and I I feel like there's a technique to a lot of it. And, you know, through the years I've, I've learned how to kind of balance um, that on camera light in IR and in color. Like there's ways you can, you know, adjust, adjust your lighting and stuff to, to have that look. But, you know, I'm still learning every time I step on set. Before we wrap, I really wanted to get into what we were kind of talking about at the beginning of this. Certified Ghost Hunters, you know, being a fast-paced television program versus a long-form project like The House in Between. It's interesting, uh, to me at least, to compare the two styles of filmmaking. One is a few days in and out and you're done. The other is sort of chipping away at something for, for years. No, he did ask that question. I don't think we answered that question because he said, how do you know when to stop? Because you can chip away, chip away, go, 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 go. Like, how do mm-hmm. you know? when to stop in in the process of you know what he's talking about how do you know when to stop shooting how do mm-hmm. you know when you got yeah, it yeah. is is i think we we got off the topic a little bit because we got up on the paranormal stuff but uh, will you agree that it's just like an instinct and and yeah. also like yeah. when you have to really you know respect your your own there's a lot lines. Of, yeah there's a lot of variables to that um when when is enough enough um first you gotta you know you know figure out what your your direction of your story is and then do you feel good enough in your your confidence to say okay we've we've accomplished telling that story with our visuals and and you know and and getting the questions that we need out of the person um but also there's there's experience involved in that i mean a lot of like people that you know would go in and overshoot everything it's because they don't maybe have a clear vision of what they want to do and they want to figure it out in the edit um or no but i think it's also because the freedom and and you love the creative process and you love the process so much that it's like it's hard to let go and with you i have to say because you put me on my toes a lot um you are trained to go fast go 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 because of your experience in reality television mm-hmm. where you only have you know from this time to this time in a location and you get it or you don't you yeah know? so i think that's part of why we do what we do is because kendall you know you know how to go 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 and then when you need to stop right you call me that's it we got it and i go okay we got it and i just gotta trust him because i don't have the experience that he does Cause I probably will be the same. I'd be like, no, I want more of this. I want more of that. Or let me take a little longer on this. And you just got to respect that. And, um, and light, you got to respect light. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's like the constant t- clock just ticking away. But for someone who doesn't have experience, somebody out there listening who doesn't have experience, mm-hmm. you know, what, yeah. what would you advise with them to get more efficient and more productive? Yeah. I, I say the more you can go in with a plan, and, and know exactly in your head or on paper or, you know, um, the better you're going to be when you go to shoot your, your segment, your scene, your movie, um, 
you, you know, planning in planning beforehand doesn't really cost you much, but your own time sitting at your desk. When you get on set, your clock starts ticking. It's costing so much money per per second, you know, and it just it goes quick. Uh, you think that an interview is going to take 20 minutes. It's going to take an hour. Two you hours. Know? It's like <laughs> you can never plan for some of the things. And, and yeah, my advice is like you have it in your head. So when it's ready to go, uh, you, you have the camera set up for it, for the shots that you have in your head. You know, you can just run over after your interview, grab your Ronin or your drone and you can get that done. And then you get this done, you know, have a checklist, just be organized, you know, and, and uh, and have a shot list in your head if you're if you're you know the the director of photography or your camera op, like get get it get it you know get it done and uh, don't sec don't don't uh, second guess yourself you yeah know? and uh, I mean we worked a lot by instinct I don't know if any other filmmakers do the same but we do sometimes it you is, have yeah. a plan and something else happens you gotta pivot you gotta go and 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 do that one now you know and then you gotta play catch up with the other stuff you didn't do but. You know, just respect you, your schedule mm -hmm. and commit to yourself. It's a huge commitment to yourself to just stop when you said you're going to stop, whether you're happy with it or not. Work with what you got. Make your beautiful salsa, like I always say, <laughs> with what you got, even if you're missing two peppers. <laughs> Work with what you got. And then you can always look at your final product and say, you know what, I'll, I can go back and do a quick pickup because this is what we do. You know, we, we work with, the, with what we have and then... Sometimes you're not happy and then you go back and do a time lapse or yeah. something and be okay with what you're able to achieve in the amount of time you have to achieve. Yeah. It. And just put it out there and then keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Just put it out there and keep going. That's great. Now, when you do release it and get it out there, there's a quote I want to read off of your website, robotninjamedia.com. And maybe we can expand on it if there's anything to add. Uh, it says, when done right, a video has tremendous power to engage your audience and connect people together through emotion. Is that something you found to hold true? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Our our main goal, Vera and I are very adamant about telling people's stories, number one. But, you know, we put our hearts into this. We love the paranormal. We understand the paranormal. We get it. You know, we both have been on our paths of of uh of growing up around the paranormal and you know it's just something that we're just so entwined in that it's part of our uh it's part of ourselves so you know for us uh it is emotional you know when we step into these people's lives and we really see what's going on we 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 get a good idea of what their lives are like and it's our job to tell their story and it's our job to show the world what is happening in their homes or their locations because if we don't document this um you know it doesn't exist it's it's very important and you know the emotional part is i think part of the paranormal it in, involves death you know and and it involves people dealing with with these things that there's no explanation for there's a side of science that doesn't want to grasp on or even talk about paranormal, you know, and then there's the other side of things where there's people spending all their hard earned money on gear and gadgets and weekends and trips and, you know, gas. And it's just like, 
it's it's a very passionate thing to do and you know that is our goal is to show somebody who might not know so much about the paranormal or the stuff that we've seen um and and put it across in 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 a film or a a short yeah just document i mean a perfect example for that here quickly is that alice received an email from a lady all the way in europe who had been experiencing the same things as she has in her house and they were able to connect and the other lady was also suffering from the stigma, you know, from, you know, their the, the family, her family members and the neighbors. And, you know, these people sometimes still look down upon because nobody understands it. And you don't know. It's a, you know, is a person having mental issues or are they really experiencing things? And if they do, then I have no idea how to help them, you know, because <laughs> most people don't know. So, you know, I just love, I love how many passionate people we have met on this field and and Mm -hmm. that they're willing to spend their own money and everything to just just go and help i mean john and brad i mean they're just john has you know what 13 years he spent in that location and and he even said it sometimes sometimes it's just a little depressing because you don't have any more equipment or any more tools and 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 you kind of taking the case as far as you can yeah and and, i mean it's still there's more work to be done and all we can do is document. That's mm-hmm. all we can do. And tell the, you know, tell the story is truthful and is what's in front of us with the tools given, you know, and that's, that's. In the future, I hope we do other topics. You know, we have other topics that we love as yeah. well, but yeah. you know, for We're now, this it. is our number yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I know I already mentioned the website at least once uh, and it's in the description of, of this thing. Um, but where can people find your work? Robotninjamedia.com. You can you can see where to watch our films. You can learn about the films, learn about us. Um, and but they can be found on most platforms. Yeah, our films are on Apple iTunes, uh, Amazon, Amazon. You said Tubi. They're on Tubi. They're um, yeah, Amazon. Uh, There's 27 platforms. Yeah. I don't have them right now. But yeah. if you go to robotninjamedia.com/slash/forward/watch. Slash forward watch. Yes. That's where you find. That's where you'll find films. where to watch. And then, um, yeah, internationally, you can watch our films uh, off of the Vimeo uh, on demand service. want to give another huge thank you to Kendall and Vera Welpton for taking the time to chat with me about filming Ghost Hunters in the previous episode and the house in between in this one. As always, Filming the Supernatural is an Afterlife Road production. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate the podcast five stars and give it a follow so you can be notified when brand new interviews get released.